you play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the first ever episode of the NFL in the Zone podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Wilkes, and I'm here with your co-host, Jose Faraz. Jose, how are you doing today? Hey, what's up, Jeremy? Very excited to be here. I haven't slept in 30 hours, but the only thing that's keeping me going is being able to talk some NFL with you. It's going to be a blast. It's the first of hopefully many episodes that we're going to be here just chatting and talking NFL because honestly, is there anything better to do than that? Nothing better than talking football. I'm very excited uh, for what's to come and I'm excited to talk football with you, Jose. Give everyone a little insight on who you are and how you became an NFL fan. Okay, so... Uh, just like you, I'm an aspiring sports journalist here in Toronto. Uh, I'm from Brazil and I fell in love with the game like maybe a little over a decade ago. I remember my first Super Bowl. It was actually the Cardinals against the Steelers, the Centennial, Centennial Holmes touchdown, the corner of the end zone. Uh, amazing catch, amazing game, lot, lots of back and forth. I just fell in love with the sport. I grew up naturally a soccer fan, but football just captured my heart and, well, the New York Jets, believe it or not, also captured my heart, um, sadly, because they haven't been in a position to give me joy lately. But we can talk a little bit about that later on. And I know you're a, you're a big Dolphins fan, too. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so I actually really started following football a couple of years ago. But uh, it wasn't my main sport for a really long time, for a majority of my life. But I, I went to my first ever NFL experience was in Miami in 2009. I went to a Dolphins game against the Texans. Over the years, I've grown to love the NFL. I'm a huge Dolphins fan now. I've been to a few games in Buffalo. Uh, oh, yeah, we hate those bells. They're not circling the wagons this year. But, yeah, no, I'm a huge Dolphins fan, and I'm a huge fan of football. As many of you know, you've been following this account for over a year now, and I'm just really excited to talk football. I love talking football and I'm excited to get this going. Well, yeah, it's not fair, you know, because I remember back in the day, the Jets, the Dolphins and the Bills, they all usually, they used to suck together. And now the Bills and the Dolphins are actually good, whereas the Jets remains in the gutter of the division. So that kind of breaks my heart, but uh, let's not get too much into that. We'll have the chance to talk about the AFC East later on. Let's, uh, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about the AFC West because Unlike the Jets, they are all stacked. They all have uh, the power to, to make a, a run in 2022. So how about we talk some AFC West football? Yes, let's get into the AFC West. The best division in football, 100%. It could be the best division ever. So our first question of the day that we're going to go over, who had the best offseason in the AFC West? I think it's obvious who had the worst, but we'll get to that. Who do you think had the best offseason in the AFC West? Well, uh, honestly, it's very hard to choose because three teams in the division had a, a great offseason. Like you said, it's pretty obvious who had the worst one. I think we're, we're going to agree on that. But who had the best one? I mean, it's a little tough not going with the Denver Broncos just because they added 
probably one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Every time you can upgrade from Drew Locke to Russell Wilson, that's uh, absolutely a, a home run of an offseason. But then again, the, the Raiders and the Chargers also had incredible offseasons. They added star talent at important positions. Um, Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams going to the Raiders, J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack going to the Chargers. I mean, honestly, I, I, I'm going to have a tough t time choosing just one. I think all three uh, knocked it out of the park. So I'm going to leave that decision to you. So who do you think had the best offseason and uh, who do you want to talk about first? Yeah, I, in terms of who had the best offseason, I think we can both clearly say that the, the team that had the worst offseason was the Kansas City Chiefs. In terms of the best offseason, the Broncos going into this offseason, they're one of those teams that was a quarterback away from being in contention. And that Russell Wilson move was a massive move. This team has a young defense that, that has some really good pieces. Uh, the Chargers, though, I think they had a really good offseason. They filled some holes on the defensive side. The run defense was atrocious last year, one of the worst in the league. And they added a lot of depth on defense on the line and in their linebacking core, as well as adding J.C. Jackson to their secondary. So I think the Chargers had the best offseason. It's a matter of making the timely plays, which they can't seem to do. And Justin Herbert taking that next step and being even better than he was a year ago, which is very possible. He's got a lot of upside and he's got a, an unreal arm. So I'm going to give the slight edge to the Chargers. And for the Raiders, I know that you said the Raiders should be in the conversation, but their offensive line wasn't great last year. One of the worst in the league. And they really didn't do much to help that. I know the addition of Devontae Adams is going to do wonders for them in the in the past game. But they didn't really improve that offensive line, and I'm a little concerned about it. So the Chargers are number one for me. The Broncos are number two. And the Raiders are number three. Uh, I, I get what you're saying uh, about the Raiders O-line. Uh, but bear in mind that they brought in Josh McDaniels from the Patriots, and I feel like he has always been able to cook up a scheme that makes the O-line look better than it actually does. I know it, part of that is the Patriots way. Part of that is uh, Skarnakia, their longtime OL coach who's not there anymore. Part of that is Bill Belichick, who's always uh, took pride in developing um, offensive linemen. And they're trying to do that again this year with uh, Cole Strange. But I feel like I feel like the the Raiders, and I'm gonna talk a, a lot about them because they're my dark horse candidate for this year. Uh, I feel like they they knocked it out of the park just just by adding probably uh, the two most impactful players they could add outside of the quarterback position with Chandler Jones and and Devontae Adams. Adams is arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL, and Jones is still one of the best pass rushers. And those two positions. And I mean, they already have guys like Max Crosby, right? Who's also an elite edge rusher in his own right. So they have like a very formidable defensive line now. Uh, their secondary is young. They have like interesting players, but uh, I think that Abram's not going to be, he's not going to cut it as a strong safety, but Morig played, re played really well last year. So I, I do think that I agree with, I think that going Broncos, Chargers, you went Chargers, Broncos, went Chargers, Broncos, Raiders, right? So I think that's you fair. You can easily switch the two around. No, I, I think that's fair. 
but uh, it's it's very close to me. But I, I mean, like going Broncos number, like I said again, going Broncos number one, I would understand if anyone listening to us is going like, no, yeah, it's the Broncos, especially because like the the, the fan usually looks at the quarterback position, right? And they associate that with wins and losses. So adding Russell Wilson, um, it's just, I mean, how do you top that? And, and they also brought in a new head coach, Nathaniel Hackett from the Packers, who, I mean, it's uh, it's tough to separate how much of the success of the Packers comes from Aaron Rodgers and how much comes from like my um, Matt Lafleur and, and the scheme. But Hackett has been doing a good job scheming up the, the Packers offense. So I feel like the the Bronx, any any of these three teams could 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 take the throne. But I I can I you know what just just so we can start our podcast, you know, agreeing with each other, going in the same direction. I'm gonna go with your uh, your ranking uh, the Chargers the 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 Broncos and the Raiders with the only caveat that the Chargers need to translate um, winning off seasons to winning regular season games. What do you think? Trust me. I know, I know a thing or, or two about winning off seasons, the team underperforming with my Miami Dolphins. They're, they're, they're accustomed to that, but the Chargers, yeah, obviously they have all the talent in the world. It seems like at all positions, I would say that this team is a, they're a top five roster in the NFL. You could argue top three. In terms of the Raiders, I, I wasn't even thinking about the McDaniels pickup, but obviously that's going to be huge. That offensive line, like I said, the worst in the league or second worst to my Miami Dolphins. They were pretty bad last year, and I don't think they did much to help that out. Josh Jacobs is a, a solid running back, but if they don't get much help on the offensive line, it's going to be tough for Derek Carr. And in terms of their defense, their defense is solid. I loved the pickup of Chandler Jones. He's a reliable vet and he continues to put up good sack numbers and, and provide the pressure in the past game. So that's huge. And Bilal Nichols, another pickup that is flying under the radar a little bit. He's a really good addition to that defensive line. He'll uh, stop the run. And Denzel Perriman at linebacker, another player who is a tackle machine. Seems like he's all over the field. And so I like their team. But if we're comparing it to this division, that's where I have a tough time. And that brings us to our next question. Who do you think is the best addition for this Raiders team? Yeah, uh, like we just said, there's a lot of things to like about the, the offseason. I wanted to throw a curveball here um, because it's easy choosing Adams. It's easy choosing um, Chandler Jones, right? The two big acquisitions. I want to... I wanna, I was a little concerned with the with the Raiders when they they like let go of uh, Gus Bradley because he did a really good job last year, but they brought in Patrick Graham from the Giants, um, the former defensive coordinator, and and he cooked up a really nice scheme for New York in the past couple of years. So I think he could be a great addition. But I'm not gonna throw a curveball. I'm gonna go with the with the norm here. I'm gonna go with the uh, mainstream opinion and I'm gonna say it's Devante Adams. I mean, Adams is. Not only great, he already has chemistry with uh, Derek Carr. They played together in college. Um, they they had like video game numbers playing together. It's all absolutely insane for college and even like highlight reels. Because I'm a huge, I love watching quarterback play. And the other day I went back and watched Derek Carr in college, and he already showed tra traits of being really really good. He has an awesome arm. Uh, I know he was very inconsistent, especially early in his career. But having a he never had a weapon like Adams in his pro career. 
it's like arguably his best weapon was Adams back in college. So now he has that true number one. I know they have Darren Waller. I know they have Hunter Renfro who played really well last year. They have a really solid running back, like you said. Yeah, the O-line is not ideal for sure. Alex Ladderwood, their pick last year was not great. So they're going to have to do some cleaning up from like past John Gruden picks. I know that John Gruden uh, messed up really, really badly sometimes in regards to like draft picks. Clowning Pharrell too in 2019 was a, was a little bit of a, a reach. But now I feel like the situation is way more stable, right? They're, they're bringing in like guys who are actually like already good. Adams, there's no doubt that he's going to be good. Maybe he's not going to have the same kind of numbers. I know that there's a lot of discussion around that because the Raiders have so many more mouths to feed than the Packers did. So maybe he's not going to go for like 1,400 yards and 12 TDs, but that's not what they need Adams for. They need him to draw attention away from the other pieces so that Darren Waller can rebound from a so-so year last year so that Hunter Renfro can keep up keep picking up third downs like he does at an awesome rate. They traded away Brian Edwards, who was okay. He had like nice numbers. I saw the other day a comparison. He had about the same numbers as Gabriel Davis from the Bills, and everyone's like hyping up Davis. So Edwards could like he could be felt his absence, but they brought in Demarcus Robinson, who's a speedster who can um just stretch the defense. So I feel like Adams is gonna take the, the offense to another level. So if the defense can replic- replicate what they did last year, if they can play at the same level, if, if, he, if they can rush the passer like they did last year and the offense takes a step up like to another level, they become that elite offense that Adams could push them to be. I'm not sure if they're going to be, but it, Adams has the potential to push them over the top in that regard. And I have to choose him. I have to go with him. But I'm not sure if you agree. What do you think? Who is the best? addition for, for the Raiders in 2022. There's no debate here that it's Devontae Adams. Chandler Jones, obviously a great addition. Bilal Nichols, a great addition. Devontae Adams has three over 3,000 yards and 30 touchdowns in the last two seasons. I don't care what people say. Cooper Cup was unbelievable last year. I need to see a little more to put him at that number one spot. I think Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the league. Like you said, he has chemistry with Derek Carr, which is going to be huge. And Easily one of the most underrated players is Hunter Renfro. Great receiver. Finished with over 1,000 yards for the first time last season. So him being there and Darren Waller being there, they have more weapons than Green Bay had last year, which will take some attention off Devontae Adams. But like you said, I think you hit the nail right on the head. The amount of weapons that they have is going to affect Devontae's stats a little bit. But in the grand scheme of things, he's still going to produce and be the wide receiver one that they need him to be. So Devontae Adams is the clear-cut number one addition for the Las Vegas Raiders. Moving on, the Las Vegas Raiders win total this year. You seem to be really high on them, so I have, I have a feeling I know what you're going to say, but their over-under is 8.5, with the over being minus 115, and the under also being minus 115. What do you think of this total? And Take in, obviously, the difficulty of this division. Take the over, baby. Let's go. The uh, Las Vegas Raiders train is kicking off here. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, like you said, I'm high on them. You, you, you felt it like the way I said. I really think this team could be special. I think Josh McDaniels is going to be that much better his second time around. I know he failed with the Broncos, but 
he had Tim Tebow starting on QB. That's not easy, right? And um, and now he has all the pieces to actually put up a, a very good offense, at least on paper, right? I mean, he the, the Patriots' offense last year had way less talent than this Raiders' offense. Do you agree with me? A hundred percent. So I mean, this this offense on paper is has weapons all over the place. They're one of the top offenses on papers for sure. So yeah, I hundred percent agree with you. Exactly. So it's all about the defense, right? I mean, I feel like the, the offense is going to be really good if the defense, if Patrick Graham does what he did with the Giants, he like that Giants defense also overachieved, I feel like. So uh, I'm going to go over all the way. It's important to say that the betting expert here is you. So I want to hear your opinion. And I mean, if you're listening to us because you want to bet, like go with Jeremy over me. If we disagree, go with Jeremy because he knows that much more than me in regards to betting. But I would take the over, but I'm dying to hear your opinion here. I appreciate that, first of all. But I don't think this is, has so much to do with betting. Like, if, if you think one of these teams is going to be good, you know just as much about football as I do. So if you think they're going to win more than nine games, then you take the over. If you think they're going to win less, then you take the under. For this one, I'm gonna, this is going to be our first disagreement on the podcast. The total is quite low at eight and a half, or it looks low at least. But I'm going to take the under here. I just think on defense, they don't have much depth really anywhere besides maybe the defensive line, but that's even that that spot's even thin. If one of their top defensive line goes down, they don't really have a replacement at linebacker beyond Denzel Perryman. I don't really think they have anyone that can come in there and be a top linebacker. And there's questions in the secondary. Jonathan Abrams, he struggled in the run game last year. There's a lot of questions. The young cornerbacks are going to have to take the next step. And I just don't know if I could go with this over with this division. And if you look at their last six weeks of the season, it gets real difficult. Eight and a half games just seems like a bit of a stretch to me, winning nine games this year. I know there's a lot of Raiders fans that are really hyped for the season because obviously they did, they did have a very good offseason. But this division, like I said at the top, is one of the best divisions we've ever seen. And the schedule at the end of the year goes as versus the Chargers at the Rams versus the Patriots at Pittsburgh versus San Francisco versus Kansas City. That's a death wish, if you ask me. So picking this team to win nine games is a bit of a stretch. I'm going to go with the under on this one. Yeah, okay. Uh, I see where you're coming from. Um, That last part of the schedule is, is brutal indeed. But I mean, this team is just too talented to not go over. It's a very talented 500. team. No, I'm, I don't disagree with you in that sense. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's all gonna come down to like how quickly the the roster adjusts to McDaniel's too, because like the Patriots' way is not for everyone, and it's some some players have known to struggle when trying to adapt to that scheme. It's a very complex scheme, so I wanna I'm I'm very curious about how they do in 2022. I feel like they have the potential to surprise everyone. I do feel like their wing total is a little low. It's mostly because they play in a very tough division. So their schedule is going to be hard no matter what. But again, I would go with the over. But let's move on to the the Denver Broncos here, right? And because I don't think we have to spend too much, too much time talking about who was the best addition for them. But uh, I'm just going to kick it up to you who, who do you think was the best addition for the denver broncos in 2020 
The best addition for the Denver Broncos is the new quarterback, the new QB1 of Denver, Russell Wilson. And it's not even close. DJ Jones and Randy Gregory, obviously great additions to their defensive line. But Russell Wilson, the premier position at quarterback, coming in, taking over Drew Locke, that is a massive upgrade. The best part about this whole thing is that Russell Wilson is playing with arguably the best offensive line he's ever played with in his career. And he went to a Super Bowl with Seattle. So obviously, it hasn't been the same quarterback over the past couple of years. But this is a whole new team. He's got a new coach who used to be an offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. So we obviously know what he had done with Aaron Rodgers. And this is just a great situation for him. He's got some young receivers in Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. And then like he had in Seattle, he's got a good backfield, but this could be arguably a top three backfield in football right now with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. So Russell Wilson's the clear cut best addition in my opinion. I assume you agree, but I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about that one. Yeah, I mean, let's let's not do anything fancy here. It's obviously Russell Wilson. He's one of the, I don't know, maybe top eight quarterbacks in the NFL. And it, again, anytime you can upgrade the position from Drew Locke or Geno Smith to Russell Wilson, it's it's a coup. I, I don't even think they overpay. I, I think they, they actually paid a very fair price. If Actually, they, they kind of, I don't want to say they stole Russell Wilson from the Seahawks, but like I feel like they 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 did a great job with the trade. So 100%, not even going to spend any more time on that. I, again, I totally agree with you that that offensive line is a big offensive line. They, they are people movers. They're re- very good in run game. And Javonta Williams, he's a beast. Absolute the guy just beast. breaks tackles after tackle every time. And even Melvin Gordon is still playing really well. He can complement him. I know that for fantasy lovers, it's not the ideal situation having two guys who can run the rock. But, I mean, to win games, that's really good. The only the only thing that I, I feel is a little bit overrated with the Broncos is the wide receiver car. Like, Jerry Judy, um, he's not as good as I, I thought he was going to be coming he's into still the got room. He's got room to grow. I agree with you. He hasn't been that good this far, but he's he's got room to grow. Corton Sutton, yeah, like last year, he wasn't he wasn't too good with Drew Locke, but now he's got Russell Wilson, so. Yeah, Sutton, actually, I'm, I'm actually higher on Sutton than I, I am on Judy. I, I feel like Sutton's going to benefit a lot from playing with Wilson. Uh, he had a, an injury a couple of years ago. He was coming back from injury last year, so that kind of hindered his development a little bit. Jerry Judy is all about like doing he he has to prove it right now because now he has an elite quarterback. Again, I, I do agree that he has potential. He was really good in Alabama, so I'm not ready to count him out. But I don't think he's like the sure thing that people seem to think he is. He has a lot of issues with drops and stuff like that. It, it's a it's a decent wide receiver group, but it's not elite. I don't think it's in the same level as the as the Raiders, for instance, or even the Chargers. But it's it's really good, and um, Russell Wilson is gonna benefit from playing behind that O line. Uh, Garrett Bowles really really came into his own after 2020. He struggled to start his career. 2020 was uh, his breakout year. That 2021, he played at a high level still, and they like I, I feel like they could improve a little bit in terms of pass pro. But it's it's important to note too that offensive lineman that, that plays with Russell Wilson never grade well. 
in regards to things like PFF because Russell Wilson holds the ball a long, long time, right? Yeah. So in Seattle, like the offensive linemen always struggled because of that when, when it came to grades and, and, and things like time to throw. But that's mostly because of Russell Wilson. So don't be surprised if the offensive line actually grades a little lower in pass protection just because it's the nature of the game playing with uh, Russell Wilson. But now that we've talked so much about how influential Russell Wilson is going to be to the Denver Broncos season, what do you think that makes that impacts the win over and under for the Denver Broncos? It's 10 and a half. It's pretty high. What do you think? Yeah, 10 and a half is really high. And Russell Wilson going there definitely raised this total. So the over under is 10 and a half with the over being plus 120 and the under being minus 150. That's still a lot of juice on the under. But the Broncos winning 11 games this year in this division, it's going to be tough for any team to win 11 games in this division. But I don't even think the Broncos are the best in this division. So I'm going to lean towards the under. I think this offensive line, it's a solid group, but they don't have a superstar. The D-line, they've got some pieces, but it's middle of the pack. Looking at their schedule, like the Las Vegas Raiders, their last six weeks are death. They got at Baltimore versus Kansas City versus Arizona at Los Angeles Rams at Kansas City versus the Chargers. That schedule is crazy. I know no team in this division has an easy schedule because they have to play each other twice. This total seems a little too high to me if I'm going to make a bet. So I'd lean towards the under. Jose, what do you think? So it's basically a question of, do you think that the Broncos are contenders or not? Or not right? I mean, like, Russell Wilson is enough to push them over the top. Well, they, they won seven games without Russell Wilson last year, right? Do you, th- so, do you think he's four wins better than Drew Locke? I do. I do four think, wins? I do think he's four wins. But, but I mean, you know, it's a, it's a great question. I, I totally understand going with the under. I'm not sure I would go with the over. I think I would be out. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put money on on either line because I feel like the Denver Broncos they're they they on one side you have like Russell Wilson who never had a losing season with the Seahawks until 2021 right like he always managed to get his team to nine wins he's or a more winner. yeah he's a winner so exactly and uh on the other hand like you said the schedule is brutal the division is very very tough I don't even think they're the best team in the division too and 10 and a half is really high. It's it's kind of tough because I don't think they're the best team in the division and 10 and a half is really high. But at the same time, don't you think that Russell is worth like four wins over Drew Locke? I just think if you don't think that this is the best team in the division, then it's real hard for me to take this over. And I agree with you. I don't think they're the best team in this division. So for them to win 11 games, I just don't, find that realistic i understand russell wilson's a winner and he comes over to a t- probably the best team he's been on since the legion of boom team but t- 11 wins in this division is going to be real tough especially because their offensive line like i said it's like middle of the pack i don't think anything spectacular about it and russell wilson holds on to the ball for a really long time you're not as high on the wide receivers as I kind of am, I think Jerry Judy's got a lot of upside. If he gets a quarterback, which he has now, he's going to perform a lot better. But I'm still leaning towards this under. 
And I don't I don't blame you for staying away from this one. Minus 150 is a lot of juice. Yeah, I'm going to lean with the under. Okay, moving on to the next team, the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers, I said that they had the best offseason. You said that Denver did. I think it's pretty easy to put them at one and two. What do you think of the Chargers offseason, and who do you think was their best addition? Well, I, I guess I, I'm going to have to go with uh, J.C. Jackson. I mean, I, I, I agree with PFF when they rank the positions by by the most impactful to least impactful, and they have QBA one, so that's that's one of the reasons I chose the Broncos, right? Because they improved quarterback drastically. But the second and third positions, it fluctuates sometimes, and it's usually wide receiver and cornerback because it's a passing league. You have to pass the ball and stop the pass, see if you want to win. And that's pretty much what the Chargers did, right? I mean, they added J.C. Jackson to stop the pass. They also added Khalil Mack to stop the pass. So basically, they they just took a very strong defense already, at least on paper, to a, an already, like, incredible roster i mean they have a Sante samuel jr from last year who played really well down the Five. stretch yeah and they had jc jackson who uh, is coming he's starting to become an elite corner i have a little bit of a how can i say that i have a little bit of um i'm a little afraid that when you take a guy from the patriots who sometimes overperforms and you, you get him to another roster, they never play as well as they did in New England. You know what I mean? It's the Patriot way. Yeah, and I know exactly what you mean. So do you agree with me? Do you think it's JC Jackson or do you go with the safer choice in Khalil Mack, who is a guy who has a longer track record of being that, that guy for the defense? For this one, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to take JC Jackson. Uh, some numbers I was looking at, the Chargers were 22nd in interception thrown percentage from the opposing quarterback. So they struggled to generate turnovers via interceptions last year. J.C. Jackson was second in the NFL with eight picks, and he also led the NFL with 22 pass defenses. So I think that was a huge addition for them. But like you said, like Khalil Mack is an absolute beast, and this was one of the worst running defenses, was one of the worst in the NFL last year. So Cleo Mack had six sacks in seven games last year. If he stays healthy, this guy is an elite pass rusher. So I think their best addition was J.C. Jackson, but Cleo Mack is, is huge for them. So I really like their offseason. Asante Samuel in the secondary. Low-key, he had 11 pass defenses in 12 games last year. So if this defense could stay healthy... They have some big names, and they got some really great players. So, yeah, I'm going to go with J.C. Jackson as my best addition. Moving on to the next question. I, I asked this question to someone earlier today who's a Chargers fan, but what do you think is a successful season for the Chargers? Is it Super Bowl or bust this year, or is it playoffs? Because they haven't made it there in a while, and I know this team was so close last year. Is it just a successful season if they make it, or is it Super Bowl or bust? It's playoffs or bust, for sure. They have to make the playoffs. There's no no more excuses. Not enough, for, though. Yeah, no more excuses for Brandon Staley and, and this Chargers squad. I feel like they 
it's not unusual for us to talk about how well they did in the offseason, how much talent they have, but they never make it. Like they they need to make it. It's time for Justin Herbert to actually play in a playoff game. We want to see. Everyone wants to watch that. Everyone wants that. So, I mean, the key for the for the Chargers is staying healthy. How many times have we talked about that, right? Like you already talked about that with Khalil Mack who's just getting there. Derwin James, like their stud safety who's stud. always I don't know hurt. why I didn't mention him. He's an absolute stud. Exactly. And he's never healthy. He's never on the field. Um, they have an insanely good offensive line. Russian Rashawn Slater last year, he was a beast. Corey Leasley is probably the best center in football. Is he's hundred percent the best center in football? And and they brought back Mike Williams. Where I thought it was a, a very very uh, shrewd move by them uh, by bringing back the the guy who actually complements Keenan Allen very well because he gives a different body type for for Justin Herbert to throw to. They have Austin Eckler who's a a, a stud at running back too. Isaiah Spiller, the guy they drafted yeah. from A and M. Uh, could be a sleeper. He he was like up there with uh, Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall to be one of the best running backs in the class, but he tested really badly. So that made him drop in the draft. But a lot of people still have him as running back one from that draft class. So he could contribute a lot to behind Eckler because Eckler also missed his game with uh, health issues. Joey Bosa is a, another stud in the roster who needs to stay healthy because Again, he has lost a lot of games in the past. So the Chargers need to stay healthy. If they stay healthy, they're going to make the playoffs. They absolutely are going to make the playoffs. I'm going to talk that into existence. I'm not a Chargers fan, but I'm sick and tired of watching a team that talented not make the playoffs. If they don't make the playoffs, it's time for us to change the way we see them. Because, I mean, how many years can you go without making the playoffs and everyone still believes in you? Everyone still thinks that you're going to be great. But again, and I'm, we're going to have to talk about the win, the over-under total for the Chargers. And I don't think, I'm again, I'm, I, I don't keep track of betting odds. It's not really my thing. But I'm going to ask you a question, and, and I want you to talk about the over-under for the Chargers. Has there ever been a division with numbers that high? 10.5 for the Chargers, 10.5 for the Broncos, 8.5 for the, for the Raiders, and we're going to talk about the Chiefs too. Like, one of these is going to have to 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 fall through, right? Like they, they can all win 11 games. What do you think? This, this is definitely the highest I've ever seen. The highest sum between four teams in a division. Yeah, I mean, it's going to, one of them is going to fall through. I was just about to say that. I feel like one of these teams, whether it's three games above their total or three games below their total, they're going to fly over it. And in terms of the Chargers, the tar- Chargers win total is set at 10 and a half right now with the over being plus odds at plus 105 and the under being minus 135. Whew, this one's a tough one. This is the this is one I've, I've been thinking about for a little while if I was going to place a bet on it. I think the Chargers are going to go over this total. There's too much talent on this team, and they still have a lot of young guys that are like can grow and have a high ceiling. Rashawn Slater was a rookie last year. This guy was a second-team All-Pro. And he played every offensive snap in his 16 games played. I know it's one season and there's potential for an injury, but he was very reliable last year and he's amazing. He's, he's an amazing player. And they drafted, not to mention Zion Johnson, their first round pick, another big body. 
And like you said, Corey Lindsley, the number one center in the NFL. That offensive line is young, talented, and has a lot of room for growth. And we already mentioned everyone on defense. This team is phenomenal, top to bottom on paper. We didn't even mention the wide receiver duo of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams together. Those two are borderline top five uh, wide receiver duo in the league. And then Austin Eckler, for the fantasy guys out there, this guy, he's a machine. And the flamethrower, Justin Herbert, taking snaps. I, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the over on this one. What do you think of that? Oh, wow. Wow. I, I, I totally understand why you're struggling because, I mean, uh, tough one. I feel like even Vegas, as in not, not the Raiders, but the, the betting odds, they're struggling a little bit too because how do you manage so much talent? I can totally see like all four teams winning 10 games. Can you imagine like they all tie in 10 games and six losses? And that would cause two, like three of them to go under. If they all win 10 games, three of them are going to go under. That's unbelievable. That's uh, that for when it comes to betting odds, I feel like that's that's absolutely nuts. So, uh, I, I'm going to go with the under two. I agree with you. Like, I can't go over like 10. I went with the over. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. You went with the over. I'm sorry because honestly, I, I feel like I, yeah, I'm going to have to disagree with you then because I, I'm going to have to take the under here. One, because it's the Chargers. And how many times have we packed the Chargers to win 12, 13 games and they go and underperform? Just last year, right? I mean, like, last year we all thought that the that the Chargers were going to do what the Bengals did. Like, what the Bengals did, that was supposed to be the Chargers. Mm -hmm. The second-year QB, the team with a lot of added pieces around him, new head coach, like, defensive sensation coming from the Rams, very innovative guy. He went for every single fourth down possible during the year. The guy's just just crazy. I, I I'm actually a huge fan of Brandon Staley. I mean, I, but again, I'm, it's a tough one. It's a uh, really it's, tough one. It's a tough one. I'm, uh, you know what? I'm just gonna stay away from all of them. That's why I, I chose the Raiders actually because eight and a half. Like compared to the other three in the yeah. division, it seems kind of low. Yeah. Well, I think the Raiders are the worst team in this division by decent amount honestly I, I think the chiefs we'll get onto the chiefs a little later on you don't want to you don't want to join the, the the raiders hype train it's leaving the station right now last choice last chance i'm not in. hopping on i'm not hopping on the raiders hype train as much as i love Devonte adams and i think they're going to be their offense is going to be good their offense was good last year and i think it's going to be solid this year but this division is crazy good the chargers on paper are better than them I think the Broncos are better than them on paper, and I think the Chiefs are better than them on paper. Despite the loss of Tyreek Hill, which is obviously huge, the Chiefs are still a top team in this division. I think they're the top team. I'm going to give a little give a little away here. I think they're the top team in this division, even with the loss of Tyreek Hill. But back to the Chargers' total of 10.5. That schedule is so tough. That's the only thing holding me back right now. They're post-buy after Atlanta. They're at San Francisco versus Kansas City, Arizona, Las Vegas, Miami, Tennessee, Indianapolis, Los Angeles Rams, Denver Broncos. That is crazy. I don't know. I'm actually, I might just switch. Too, right? they, I they might switch. I'm not betting. I'm not going to bet on this one. I'm staying away. No, yeah, I, 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 I understand. I understand. Let's just stay away. They, they play on primetime five times this yeah. year. I mean, I, 
I think a lot of people want to watch them, whether you're a Chargers fan or not. I want to see how this talent meshes together. And remember last year, they had the chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, they oh yeah. tied and they still lost and, and didn't make it. Yeah, I remember that. That was, uh, that was a crazy game. That was one of the best games of the year last year. Okay, now moving on to the final team. The Kansas City Chiefs. The Patrick Mahomes and Juju Smith-Schuster-led Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs, I, we both agreed on this earlier, that they had the worst offseason out of the four teams. But they had some good additions. Who do you think was the best addition for the Chiefs? Yeah, I, I just want to start by saying that I totally agree with you. I think that the Chiefs, despite having the worst offseason, they, they are still the best team in the division. They have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Like we saw that with the Patriots, like that combination of a Hall of Fame quarterback and a Hall of Fame head coach, that's tough to beat. Even when on paper, how many times we saw Jets teams, Bills teams, Dolphins teams that had more talent than the Patriots not be able to overcome them, right? So I think that's what we're going to see here happening again. I want to, I absolutely love the Sky Moore addition. I feel like Moore is a very underrated wide receiver. I feel like he, is he going to be Tyreek Hill? Absolutely not. He's not. He, he's not the same player. He's not the same athlete that Hill is. But what he is, he's a very smart player who knows how to run routes, who is very reliable, has very good hands, and is a guy that's going to like outwork everyone. So, so is, I, he, is he your best addition, Sky Moore? I think so. I think Sky Moore is his best. Just, just because they didn't... I don't, I don't like any of the other additions that they brought in during like free agency. Like Juju Smith-Schuster, eh. Doesn't doesn't move the bar that much to me. Marquez Valdez Cantling, come on. I mean, the guy's okay. Like he played with Aaron Rodgers and had pedestrian numbers. Like he's not gonna be uh he's not gonna be able to make up for the loss of Tyreek Hill. On defense, maybe uh a guy like McDuffie uh is 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 very impactful, especially again. I talked a lot about cornerbacks. I feel like cornerbacks impact wins lot win loss totals a lot. I just I, I want to go with Sky Moore just because I feel like he's he's gonna be a jam for them and I just trust uh, Andy Reid to develop wide receivers because he he's great at doing that so I feel like Sky Moore is uh is is the best addition for for the for the Chiefs this offseason what do you think? That's an interesting one actually I, I wasn't even looking at Sky Moore as their best addition but he's a sleeper definitely they got him fairly late in comparison to where he was supposed to go. And he's a speedster like Tyreek. And he's got good hands. So, I mean, I don't hate the pick at all. For my best addition, I guess, uh, listening to what you said, I kind of think the Juju Smith-Schuster, he was originally my best addition, but can you rely on him to be your wide receiver one? I don't know if it was the best addition in the sense that he's going to have a huge impact for this team, but... He's the best player that they got. So I'm going to put Juju Smith-Schuster as the number one best addition for the Chiefs. Only played five games last year, but we've seen him play well when healthy, and that was with Big Ben. He's now playing with arguably the best quarterback in the NFL in Patrick Mahomes. And Marquez Valdez-Scandling is a solid wide receiver three, in my opinion. I know you're kind of roasting him a little bit earlier, but... What's, what's going to be different with him having Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback and him having Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback? 
I, I don't see it being much, much different. And he put up some decent games last year. I wouldn't say he's very consistent, but he, he'll fill in there. And if not, they have Sky Moore, like you said, and Justin Ross that could be bigger pieces this upcoming year. At tight end, they have the best tight end in football and Travis Kelsey. And then I'm going to get on to this a little later on, but this offensive line, I think it's going to be a huge factor in this team, this team's success this season. They're young, they're talented, and they are in a division where other teams' defensive lines are the best of the best. Like this is the, They're facing the best defensive lines in football from the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Broncos. And this offensive line matches up really well against them. Creed Humphrey was a top-tier rookie. You could put him in the conversation for Rookie of the Year last year. And Orlando Brown Jr., that's a huge signing to bring him back. And Joe Thune, reliable, and he's a great vet. So I think this team is really, really good, even with the loss of Tyreek Hill. I think that's being overblown. And their best addition is Juju Smith-Schuster. Okay, my next question for you, I think it ties a little bit into the win total, but are the Chiefs still the best team in this division? Yes, 100% yes. Let's not, let's, first of all, something that needs to be clear. The number one wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs is Travis Kelsey. It's not Tyreek. I know he was really good, but Travis Kelsey actually leads the NFL in yards, in receiving yards in the last like seven years or so. Like he's, the most reliable pass catcher in the NFL, like up there with Davante Adams and, and also obviously Tyreek Hill. But I, I also think it's a little overblown. I, I don't think that Tyreek Hill is going to, I mean, again, I, I got like Tyreek Hill and we're going to talk a lot about that when we talk about the Dolphins. I feel like he brings a lot more to the offense than just the stats because he's a guy that's always a threat to score from anywhere in the field, especially with a guy that like Mahomes who likes scrambling, who likes trying to make something out of nothing. So I feel like he's going to miss him like that. But that's why I, I think that Sky Moore is like the, the most important addition that they brought in because Moore is going to help with that. He's not he's not like a super speedy guy like Tyreek Hill. He's not a 4-3. He's not an Olympian level speedster, but he's fast enough. He ran like a 440, 40-yard uh, dash. He Again, he's very reliable. So I think that Obviously, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying that the offense is not going to skip a bit. I, I feel like they're going to struggle a little bit, especially to start the season because they're, they're, their schedule is really hard. And we can talk a little bit more about that when we're talking about the over-under. Like they're, they're the first half of the schedule is really tough before the bye. It isn't eases up a little bit after the bye. But again, I feel like they, they will be able to adjust, not by having more take all of the, the Tyreek Hill duties, but by having everyone contribute in different ways. So Juju Smith-Schuster and MVS and more. Even Justin Ross, like you said, who is a, a sleeper pick to be a really good guy. He had like health issues during the, his college career. And Trevor Lawrence as his quarterback. Yeah. At, at one point, he was uh, pegged to be one of the best wide receivers in college. He had a really good freshman year, so he could come back. And, and actually, he landed in probably the best landing spot i mean he chose it because he wasn't drafted free agent and again it's it comes down also to like the young secondary trent mcduffie who they drafted in the first round uh i feel like he's a very very um underrated pick i don't see a lot of people talking about him but if the the 
Chiefs actually find a lockdown corner, a guy who they haven't had in a long time, I feel like that team could be even more complete. So I, 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 I just, I'm just having a tough time not choosing the Kansas City Chiefs to be in the first place still because like the other teams have to prove they can dethrone them. What do you think? I agree with you 100%. I think the Chiefs are the best team in this division. And honestly, something I was thinking about as a betting man was there's always a narrative around the MVP candidates. And this year with Patrick Mahomes, there's a, a this big narrative that he's going to fall off a little bit because he lost Tyreek Hill. I think he's going to perform at a really high level this year. And if the Chiefs win this division, everyone is talking about how he could easily win MVP this year. And I, I would place a bet on it. I think it's at plus 800 right now. The narratives and politics play a huge role in the MVP odds and in the MVP voting. And this whole narrative with the loss of Tyreek Hill, it's going to play a factor in that. So I would bet on Patrick Mahomes actually to win MVP. I haven't talked talk much about this defense. I loved the pick of George Carl, Carl Laftis. Always struggle to say his name. I think he was, he's going to be a solid pass rusher for them. Uh, they already have Chris Jones uh, as a defensive tackle. I think Chris Jones is probably top three, just behind Aaron Donald and Cam Hayward. Then they got Frank Clark, who's been reliable, been to three straight Pro Bowls. He had four and a half sacks, so he's got a little bit of pass rush in him. And then the, the young linebacker, we haven't even touched upon him, Nick Bolton. 112 tackles last year, 11 tackles for loss. Uh, he started all 12 games that he played in. He, If he takes the next step this year, he's going to be in the conversation for one of the best linebackers in football. And then the secondary, I'm a little concerned about. I would say it's middle of the pack. Legereus Sneed wasn't great in pass coverage last year. So he needs to bounce back this year. Justin Reed could be a good addition. They signed him from Houston. And Trent McDuffie, like you mentioned, their first-round pick. Still some questions there. The loss of Tyron Matthew, what do you think of that? Do you think it's going to play a big role in this defense and their success? Not really. They never made a big effort to resign him, right? I feel like they they know that they can get away with uh, just signing Reed from from Houston and 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 not skip a beat. I, I actually, I don't. I think he wasn't playing all that well last year. I feel like he was a liability sometimes. So I think that the Chiefs are not concerned about the loss of um, Tyreek Hill. So I totally agree with you. And I, I feel like the Chiefs, again, the Chiefs are still the the, the crown of the division. Uh, even even with a team who's on paper, not not perfect. It's not a perfect team. No, by, by no means. Like the Chargers have a better team on paper. I think we can both agree on that. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like it's it's all about consistency, right? They're the the team that has the most consistent consistent they're the most consistent team in the division. So I feel like that's that's a recipe for success, and I feel like they're gonna they're gonna continue winning. And so just so we can wrap it up and talk about winning, what do you think about the the over under, which is also ten and a half for the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, we we've kind of been ranting about the Chiefs, but they're a very interesting team to talk about. Their win total is at 10.5. I think we both know where this is kind of heading the way we're talking about them. I'm going to lean towards the over for the Kansas City Chiefs. 
I think they're still the best team in this division. I'm actually not even going to lean. I, I'm going to hammer this one. I might be betting this right after we get off the mics here. I like the Chiefs going over their win total of 10.5. Patrick Mahomes, the duo of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid is the head coaching quarterback combination is so important in this sport. And they have arguably two of the best the sport has to offer. So I love that duo. And I love this team. Even the, the Tyreek Hill loss, we all know he's a very good receiver and he's a huge loss. But this team, besides that, is still a very good team, very solid. They're built all around the field, whether it's on offense, the offensive line, or on defense. They have some big names on defense. They still have some, some big pieces. It's just a matter of staying healthy and just doing what they've been doing, staying on their throne, I looking totally at their agree. schedule. Totally agree. Their first six weeks, seven weeks before the bye is tough, but I think that's going to benefit them because that loss to Buffalo last year, I think they're going to come out with a vengeance and come out firing on all cylinders. So they play Arizona, the Chargers, Indianapolis, Tampa Bay, Las Vegas, Buffalo, and San Francisco. So that's their first seven weeks before their bye, which is tough. But the schedule, they got some easier games on the back end. What do you think of this total? Ten and a half. Uh, yeah, I think it's the first one we're going to agree, right? Because I'm totally going with the over two hammer. I'm not going to bet it because I'm not a betting man myself, but I totally agree with the with the over here. Um, the Chiefs, like they just win, right? That's that's what they do. That's what uh, Mahomes and, and Andy Reid do. I, I also agree, like you talked about MVP odds, and I, well, I, I, I think that the, the chances that the MVP is a player from the AFC West is really high because all of these quarterbacks, if their team wins the division, I think they have a really good shot of winning MVP. And Mahomes is a prime candidate. I, if he has a year like he had, it doesn't even need to be as good as his MVP year. If he has like 4,500 yards, 40 TDs, without Tyreek Hill, everyone's going to... Yeah, exactly. The narrative. Exactly. There's a, there's a narrative around this team that, that they're so much worse without Tyreek Hill. It's going to make a difference. And exactly. they're going to have to game plan differently. But and now if, if they did, like if Mahomes comes back down to earth for some reason and Tyreek Hill explodes in Miami, they would give the MVP award for a wide receiver, you know, for the first time. But again, we'll talk about the AFC East and your Miami Dolphins. I know you're very excited about, about Tyreek Hill. But again, go with the over here. Um, the Chiefs are probably going to win the division, even with the other teams having like really good off seasons. I feel like the Chiefs are, they know just, they just, just know how to win. And like you said, the schedule favors them. I think playing a, a tougher schedule uh, to start off is better because they are a very experienced team, so they're not going to start slow like some other teams might, like the Raiders and the Chargers or like younger teams and teams that have new head coaches like the Broncos too and the Raiders. So I feel like it's it's going to be good for them. Some of these teams are probably going to underperform too. You know, uh, it's it's probably, I, I think like especially at the end of the their schedule, they have, Houston, they have Seattle, you know, they have Cincinnati, who's a team who I think is going to struggle. Not not struggle, it's not an easy game. I know everyone's going to kill me for that, but I think it's a team that is going to maybe uh, disappoint a little bit. Well, we can talk about that when we it's talk hard, about it's hard to follow. North. It's hard to follow up what they exactly. did last year. We'll, we'll yeah. get to the AFC North another day. I agree with Cincinnati, but yeah, 
So yeah, we're starting things off well here. Lots of agreement. Yeah, just I don't know if that's starting things off well. We want we want some disagreements. Oh, come on, come on. We'll, we'll, we'll get to disagreements when we talk about the AFC East. Yeah, no, I, I'm a, I'm 100% on the over. They they face Jacksonville post-buy. They face the Texans. They face Seattle, like you said. They've got some easier games that they should win. So that wraps everything up. That is the first episode of the NFL in the Zone podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Wilkes, with your co-host, Jose Faraz. Thank you guys so much for joining us for our first podcast. And we're so excited to continue this journey and keep getting better every day because this is our first time recording. So we're just going to keep improving. Jose, what are your final words to our listeners? Yeah, uh, 100%. Thank you for everyone that... Uh, listen so far we're gonna keep grinding gonna keep getting better like some of these young teams we're not here to give like any hot takes we're not trying to outsmart anyone we're just two guys who really love the, the sport trying to you know share, share a little bit opinion. of what we know share our opinion that's exactly. all we're here for exactly and just you know talk about the sport we all love because at the end of the day like i don't know you but i i could listen to football podcasts all day every day because it's there's nothing better than talking about football and Hopefully, soon enough, we'll be talking about actual games instead of just predictions. But in the meantime, who doesn't want to kill some time? Who doesn't want to, you know, like feel the, the, the dead air that the NFL gives us in June and July with some football content? So thank you very much. We'll be back next week.